Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Ishmael Kawaja. It's Tuesday the 30th of April. Coming up... Widow calls for justice at inquiry into contaminated blood scandal. Steve wanted those who did this to him to be made to repent, and that was his dying wish. And I promised him that would happen, and it's a promise I intend to keep. Councillor reveals how she was just yards away from a terror blast in Sri Lanka. Within 10 minutes, bomb disposable vehicles going with the enormous, with the soldiers and police. And fears of devastating flooding at Kemp Park. There can be no halfway houses in terms of landscaping and so on that go on here. This is going to need a, a, a profound rethink in the way that Moat Park is landscaped. Kent Online News. We start today with a woman calling for justice for her husband from Broadstairs, who died after being infected with contaminated blood. A public inquiry has been hearing evidence today into why NHS patients were given blood products with hepatitis and HIV in the 1970s and 80s. Steve Diamond was diagnosed with hepatitis C in 1997 and was among thousands who died. Sue Gorman will be one of the people giving evidence. Earlier, I spoke to her about the investigation. I've got very mixed feelings. Um... A part of me is very glad it's happening. A large part of me thinks it's too late. It should have happened decades ago. And of course, it's very difficult for me because Steve was very implicated in the preparations and he won't be there. Do you have any fears about the inquiry? And I mean, what ultimately, what is it that you're hoping? What we're hoping from, what I'm hoping from, what I think all of the campaigners, all the people involved are hoping from, are answers to questions like why they did it, why they let it happen, who did what, and where, if any... A guilt lies. Also that also that there is an admission where is where is where it is shown that there is responsibility or worse that um that is actually made clear and the people responsible are made to face up to what they did. I mean how important is that to, to understand sort of why and obviously getting people who are responsible accounted for? That is absolutely crucial because um well for me I've got nothing left. Steve wanted those who did this to to him to be made to repent, and that was his dying wish. And that is an I promised him that would happen, and it's a promise I intend to keep. But we need to know why our lives were treated with such contempt, so little value was put on our lives, why it's taken 40 years to get this far, and we are still not getting straight answers from the Department of Health. And we want to know what it was about the haemophilia community, particularly, that they felt it was okay to treat us as they did. Was it 1997 that he was diagnosed? He was diagnosed in 1997. He was infected in 1976. So first of all, we lived the symptoms for 21 years without knowing what they were. And the symptoms of hepatitis C can be put down to an awful lot of things and were in his case. Um, the major sy- symptoms of hepatitis C are something called brain fog, which is sort of just general confusion, uh, fatigue and depression. Steve described it as going through life with your shoelaces tied together. And we waited 21 years for diagnosis and another six years after that for a full understanding of how severe the symptoms were and the damage it caused. And People say, well, how did you feel when you were diagnosed? Well, actually, we felt relieved because we knew there was an explanation. We knew there was a reason. 
And there was a very good reason for Steve not to feel a failure. And as you mentioned, of course, it, the amount of time it's then taken for an inquiry to, to continue and actually take place. I mean, is that something your, your fear? It, obviously, as you said, it's taken so long. So many people have died, not only the victims, but some of the people responsible. Other people responsible are now aged, shall we say, and are not having very clear memories of their role in in what happened, even when one can produce a written document signed by them, they it was too long ago. And there are people who actually do say, well, come on, it all happened so long ago, let it go. But it didn't happen a long time ago, it's happening now. It is constant. It is my premature widowhood. It's my friends who've grown up without their children. It's um, the people who are struggling with the uh, symptoms of the viruses still. It's not too long ago. It, it actually is still happening now. Kent Online reports. As well, councillors revealed how she was just yards away from a terrorist bomb blast in Sri Lanka. Padmini Nisanga was visiting the country on family business. At the last minute, changed from staying in the Kingsbury Hotel, which was targeted on Easter Sunday. She says it was a miracle escape after deciding to stay at the Galadari nearby instead. Eight Britons were among 253 people killed. She's been telling us what she saw. First I heard a very big noise. So I ran into the front of the window and see where the thinking, where this big uh, noise came coming from. Then I saw within sort of within ten minutes there were big uh, lot of ambulance, uh, the fire brigades going, and behind fire brigades vans, these ambulance were going too very fast. So then all these going to the hotels, Sangria Hotel. Then I thought something serious, big fire going on in our field. Then. Uh, after about within 10 minutes, bomb disposable vehicles going with the enormous, with the, uh, the soldiers and police and good name, you know, it's, it's uh, unlimited. So then the people running out from the hotel as well, out. So then I thought myself, oh, it must be a very big fire. And then why the bomb, bomb disposable people going, sort of something serious. Obviously, then that time, our hotel also said, could you please, all the, uh, the guests should be get out from the road. Then I ran down also. You're supposed to go, I'm supposed to go to breakfast. So there's no breakfast. We had, I had to, for a load of people, everybody, we got into the sort of main front of the hotel. Where were you the night before? Night before, I was... Night before in the same hotel, but we went to Kingsbury Hotel for just to have a drink because of my elder brother's birthday. We thought, we, because it's all, all our old place, we'll have a drink there. Next day we'll go and celebrate somewhere else. Kent Online News. Elsewhere today, two more men have been arrested after violence broke out between two groups following a crash in Medway. A number of parked cars were damaged on Waterslade Road in Chatham earlier this month. Police have questioned an 18- and 19-year-old who have both since been released pending further inquiries. Two other men aged 22 and 30 have been charged with a fray and having a hammer and baseball bat and are due at Crown Court next month. It's thought youngsters focusing more on their careers is linked to a dramatic drop in the number of teenage 
teenage pregnancies in Kent. According to figures from the Office for National Statistics, 16 in every 1,015 to 17-year-old girls fell pregnant in the county in 2017, almost half the figure six years earlier. In Medway, the number has dropped from 39 per 1,000 to 22. An off-duty railway engineer has managed to talk a woman out of jumping on train tracks. Dave Saunders was on his way to visit his girlfriend in Strood yesterday when he saw the woman sat on the edge of the platform at the Maidstone Barracks train station. The pair were alone on the platform and he's recorded the moment he intervened. Do you want to get off the platform? Do you want to get your legs off? If a train comes through, coming through there, you're going to get hit in you. What do you mean that's the plan? Why is that what you want? Why don't you want to live anymore? You're not doing it here because I need to get this train. So you're not doing it while I'm here. I'll stop you. I'm all for us to get on them tracks. I work for Network Rail. The 35-year-old stayed with her until the police arrived who took her to safety. Kent Online reports. It's feared a park could be hit by devastating flooding if defences aren't put in place. It's believed heavy rainfall could cause the lake at Moat Park in Maidstone to overflow into the nearby River Len and local homes. Now the council have put plans in place to try and prevent it, but there are concerns about how it could look. Here's councillor Tony Harwood. A profound hardening of a beautiful historic park with with tons of concrete and huge steps something you'd expect to find in a large municipal drinking water reservoir and that's what this will look like when it's finished Uh, there's no getting away from it it's going to be huge monolithic and brutal there can be no halfway houses in terms of landscaping and so on that go on here. This is going to need a, a, a profound rethink in the way that Moat Park is landscaped. I suggest very significant woodland planting at the southern end of Moat Park to screen and soften the impact, not a few trees which will get snapped off or die. So the landscaping scheme must come back to this committee. Some have branded it a waste of money, but the council say they'll push ahead with the proposals. And plans for a new theme park in Kent have taken a step forward as it's announced developers have signed a deal with ITV Studios. The London Resort project, which is due to be built on land in Swanscombe near Dartford, suffered a setback in 2017 when Paramount pulled out. It's now hoped some of the rides and attractions will be based on ITV shows and characters. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.